on today's episode. It was not really what I expected. I obviously had an idea of what Mexico was going to be like from, from the movies, and it was nothing like that. I've definitely got a lot more confident. I never would have opened a business of my own back in the UK. I was too scared to. might start picking up the tango if I can find decent online classes. Wow. Very ambitious. <laughs> yeah, with, with a seven-month-old baby, it's very ambitious. <laughs> I'm David Bevis, and you're listening to Mexico Over the Wall, a podcast about Mexico from the other side. First off, a big thank you to Karen Allen and Finn Lamberman for getting in touch. Finn actually wrote in about the episode in which I interviewed Karen, which you can hear at MexicoOverTheWall.com slash Karen Allen. This is what he had to say. Karen goes on to say New Zealand doesn't have FedEx, DHL, etc. in the South Island. This is actually far from the case. I know as I work in the post and import industry and work closely with these industry giants. Thanks for writing in, Finn, and letting me know a bit more about what things are like in New Zealand. My next guest is the first one I interviewed when the coronavirus lockdown began. She mentions in the interview that she had to close her restaurant, but since then she's taken her shop online, which you can find on Facebook at Tokidoki Market. I'll let her introduce herself. My name is Jessica Neath, and I have a restaurant and a, a shop. It's a, a sushi restaurant and a shop that sells mainly Asian products, but we do have a British corner as well. I think somebody's told me about your shop. Yeah, we've, we've got um, Cadbury's chocolate, we've got Simply Sausages, we've got Marmite, Bovril, a, a, a few different things, a little taste of home. And then the restaurant does uh, fish and chips every Tuesday as well, Marta's Britannico we call it. So um, that, that gets quite a few, a lot of people from the embassy come in, the US embassy and the British embassy, and a lot of Mexicans come in to try it as well. Uh, where, whereabouts is, is your shop? It's on a street called Rio Papaloapan, which is just literally behind the Bolsa de Valores building that's on Reforma, where the, the big palm tree is it's in uh, Colonia Cuauhtémoc. How long have you been uh, living in Mexico? For 10 years now. What was it that brought you to Mexico in the first place? Well, I had a, a Mexican boyfriend when I was at university and, and he, he brought me over and then we, we broke up pretty soon after <laughs> arriving. Um, but I fell in love with Mexico and decided to stay and now have a Mexican husband who's definitely an upgrade and a little Mexican baby. What was it like when you first came to Mexico? Um, well, it was it was not really what I expected. I obviously had an idea of what Mexico was going to be like from from the movies, and it was nothing like that. It was um, a lot greener and a lot lot more European than I had imagined. I loved that I could walk everywhere, and and the weather was just like not hot, but just like a, a perfect English summer's day every single day. And I loved that. It was it was great. I really really enjoyed it. And then the the foreigner community here were very friendly as well. It was a real real community kind of feeling. Everybody kind of took care of each other, looked out for each other. And I really like that as well. I met a lot of people from all over the place, as well as obviously lots of Mexicans. And, and I just had a, a really nice group of friends really quickly, which is something that I didn't really have in the UK, you know, after I left home and moved to a, a different town for a job. It was very difficult to make friends. And then here, it was just it seemed like everybody wanted to be a friend. And it was, it was good. It was, <laughs> A different type of environment. <laughs> was, was there anything that, that was uh, difficult to adjust to when when you first came over here? 
Um, well, I'm very punctual, so that was very hard to get my head around the fact that when someone says eight, they don't mean eight; they mean you know eight thirty, nine, ten. <laughs> that was that was a bit difficult, and and people would often say like, oh yeah, let's meet up, let's go for coffee, and I'd be sitting around waiting for them to call, and they never would because <laughs> I didn't understand that was just something that people said as goodbye rather than actually let's meet for coffee. <laughs> so, so that was that. That took a while to get get used to. I thought, oh my god, did that person really secretly hate me? But no, they just you know, busy. <laughs> Don't have time to go for coffee. <laughs> Did you speak Spanish when you when you came over? I spoke a little bit of Spanish. I'd studied it um, at university, kind of alongside my degree, but it was more the the grammar. It was more reading and writing that I I could do. So when I came over here, I had to kind of study the the speaking and the the listening and the accent, kind of more or less from zero. But I enrolled in a Spanish school. Um, yeah, and it was it was a good way to start learning, and then from there, speaking to everybody that would that would want to practice me. So like my cleaning lady was <laughs> was one of my victims. <laughs> to make her practice my bad Spanish. Um, yeah, and kind of improved that way. And now I have the business here. I have to speak Spanish all the time, so I've, I've gotten a lot better at it. In the beginning, it was it was difficult, but now it's much easier. Uh, what advice could you give to to somebody who's thinking of coming to live in Mexico? Um, would definitely do it I would say um, come with with an open mind and a, a great attitude and I think you'll be fine um, I think a lot of the the stories that people hear about Mexico when they're in the UK they're not very accurate they get all the worst news and they don't realize how how lovely it is here but um, yeah it is important obviously remember that not everywhere is, is completely safe and to watch your back other than that I think yeah it's it's a great place to live and I would definitely recommend anybody coming here what have you learned from the experience of, of coming to, to live in Mexico? Um, I have learned that I am a lot a lot friendlier than I used to be. <laughs> Definitely realised that I have that that friendliness inside me. I thought I was a, a cold person, but no, the Mexicans have, have brought out that much friendlier side. I've definitely got a lot more confident. I never would have opened a business of my own back in the UK. I would have been too scared to. But here it seems like, you know, there's so many more opportunities and, and everybody's doing it. And I thought, well, everyone else can do it. Why can't I? So I think that's that's been a great experience, learning experience for me. What do you do in your free time? Well, now I have a baby. That takes up quite a lot of my free time, unfortunately. <laughs> Not as much as I used to. Um, I do enjoy traveling a lot. I love I love going to all the Pueblo Magicos visiting new places in Mexico it's a lot of fun and I love um, going out to, to eat in different restaurants and trying new new food new Mexican food new fusion food I enjoy it very much every weekend we, we try and go to a different restaurant to see what's going on there um, that's definitely my my main hobby now I have a bit more free time because of quarantine I'm focusing on uh, practicing a bit more yoga and I am studying Japanese as well they're my, my two quarantine hobbies. And I might start taking up tango if I can find some decent online classes with my husband. Wow. Very ambitious. <laughs> yeah, with, with a seven-month-old baby, it's very ambitious. <laughs> Hopefully I'll find a bit of free time over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. You, you said you, you enjoyed uh, uh, traveling around Mexico. What, what have been your favorite uh, places to visit in Mexico? Um, my favorite uh, town would be Guanajuato. I love Guanajuato City. Um, my favorite beaches, I went recently to La Paz, La Balandra Beach, and it was just stunning. And I also like um, Holbox, which was, I went there a long time ago. I'm not sure what it's like now, but back then it was just 
gorgeous. And then we went a year ago to um, Bacalar as well. It's an incredible place. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely my, my top places in Mexico. But of, of all the places I've been, there's hardly any that I don't like. So <laughs> anywhere is great. And uh, how did you get into setting up your own business? Well, I've, I'd always wanted to have a restaurant. I used to work in restaurants when I was a student as a waitress a while ago. And I always just love the environment. I, I love food. Like I said, I love eating and trying new places. So it was always one of my dreams to have a restaurant. Um, I'd been teaching English for, for a while beforehand. And I had got rather, I wouldn't say bored, but it was very repetitive. It, was, um, it wasn't my passion either. I wanted to try something different, something that I was passionate about, something that I wanted to, you know, get, get excited to be waking up for every day. And um, and yeah, so we started looking at, at different kind of, you know, rental places. And, and I thought if something comes up, if we find the right one, I'll take that as a sign and we'll we'll start from there. And yeah, literally the, the next day we, we found somewhere that was perfect. So we, <laughs> we thought about what kind of food we wanted to do and, and looked at, you know, the type of customers we would have, what type of food. You know, these people would like to eat because it's a very um like a lot of office workers around here it's, it's mainly office workers in fact and we thought rather than offering more mexican food because they have so many options let's offer something fresh and different um sushi kind of you know mexican style sushi like a kind of fresh not too expensive option for for lunch and it's yeah it's gone really well it's we've been open for just over three years now and obviously closing now but um we do hope to reopen again and yeah it's it's it, it got very popular. We were we had a lot of very loyal customers come in from a lot of different companies that are based around Reforma, and people people were happy. People liked it. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Did you have any uh, trouble setting it up, or was it fairly straightforward? Um, it was wasn't too difficult. I mean, as with everything in Mexico, the, the hard part is the paperwork and all the permits and everything you need because um, you know you'll ask one one guy what you need and he'll say something completely different from the next guy like nobody really knows what it is that you need in terms of you know protection civil and and the health and safety and everything so you're kind of left guessing because if you ask the government for help or they'll send somebody who will come looking for a bribe so (laughs) they'll tell you you've got it wrong and ask for money so it is kind of that's the most difficult part I would say other than that it's it's not too hard um my husband takes care of most of those things because he's Mexican so <laughs> me with my foreign accent, I stay right away from anybody that could possibly ask for a bribe. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're American, are you? No, I'm not. I own pesos. <laughs> Please treat me like a Mexican. So, yeah, he does. He talks to all the suppliers as well. He deals with the taxes, all those type of things, because um, he's a lot better at it than I am. So <laughs> I focus on customer service and food. OK. Do you have any other projects that you'd like to talk about? Um, well, it's just kind of the restaurant and the shop, really. Um, the shop's been open um about two and a half years we actually opened it the day before the big earthquake which was probably not the best day to have chosen (laughs) but yeah the idea with the shop is that we sell all the different things that we use in the restaurant plus other things as well so people can can try making sushi and other asian dishes in their own home it started off really being a, a japanese shop but we found that people were asking for lots of other products from different parts of the world so we expanded and now we sell products from Thailand, from Lebanon, um, from the UK as well. We've just got in a few European products to see if they sell as well. So it's kind of becoming more of an international shop now. Um, 
but yeah it's um yeah it's a nice little shop it's got a little bit of everything the, the concept was supposed to be an asian shop for mexicans rather than an asian shop for asians because there are a lot of other like korean shops in zona rosa for example but you walk in and you don't really know what anything is and nobody really speaks spanish or english or, or anything other than their own language and you're not really sure how to use a product the instructions are just in, in korean and it's a little bit intimidating. So our concept was supposed to be something that was more more approachable for for Mexicans and and like non Asians, I suppose. So that was what we were we were going for. And the the girl that works in the shop Monday to Friday is actually a, a trained chef. So she's very very helpful with the customers if they want to know how to use a product. She can give them ideas and recipes and explain it to them. So the that that was our concept for it to be something that was was easy for people to to use user friendly we actually closed yesterday it was our final day because although you know we did still have a few customers it just it didn't seem right you know bringing my my staff in every day putting them at risk just for you know, a few customers every day it's, it wasn't worth it so we, we took that decision and and there's really not much we can do until things calm down a little bit so we're, we're kind of putting everything on hold for now and but I told my staff, the, te- the team, we are going to open again. That is the plan. We're, we're very lucky in a way because my husband does have a, a, a job. It's not my only source of income. So, you know, we can afford to keep paying salaries and paying rent. And we're not going to go out of business anytime soon, hopefully. So as long as this doesn't go on forever, <laughs> we will be open again. Exactly. Who who knows? That's the, that's the hard part. Oh, that's the yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Not knowing, but yeah, I think the main thing to do is stay positive and try to use the time wisely to to focus on other things and and relax a little bit because very rarely get to relax in this this day and age, do we? Anything else you'd like to add? If anybody is listening, please do come and support us again once we're we're open because we'll need all the help we can get definitely, and well, all small businesses will. So so yeah, as soon as you can, get out there and eat out and buy things from little shops and, and help people get back on their feet so i was talking there to jessica neath who lives in mexico city the next couple of episodes will be a bit special as i got back in touch with some of my previous guests to see how the lockdown has affected them after that i'm planning to change things up a little so keep posted for further developments Over the course of this series, I'm going to be interviewing people from all over the place about their experiences of living in Mexico. If you live in Mexico and would like to take part, please get in touch by writing to feedback at mexicooverthewall.com. Please support the podcast by giving us a review, which you can do via mexicooverthewall.com slash apple for Apple's podcasts, Stitcher for Stitcher, or leave us a review by your favorite podcast provider. You can also support us with hard cash by sponsoring us on Patreon. One of the benefits of sponsorship is that you can get extended versions of these interviews. Go to patreon.com slash mexicooverthewall for more details. That's it for this episode. Hope you liked it. See you next time.